Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Somebody reach out their faith and say, Pastor's going to preach short tonight. And you know you're all lying. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to uh, Hebrews. Uh, no, no, let's not go to Hebrews. Where do I want to go? Let's go to, uh, yeah, that's, that would be nice. Uh, let's go to John 15. John 15. We're going to talk about unshakable roots, and uh, I'm going to talk about three or four of them. And, uh, but first, I want to lay a foundation of how we can grow and how all root systems become strong. If there are basic things no matter what you plant, whether you plant a tree, a, you know, a bushes, whatever they are, or tomato plants, whatever they are, there are certain things you have to do. They have to have water. They have to have dirt. Amen? They have to be uh, weeded. They have to be tended to. And if you don't do that, nothing will grow anyway. So there are things that you and I have to do. And we're going to look at John 15, and we're going to look in verse 2. And it says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. Now abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Now I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now, for without me you can do nothing. If any man abide not in me, he ultimately is cast forth as a branch. He is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be get done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now the key to bearing fruit is a strong root system. If you have an orchard and you neglect the root system, or if you break up the root system, or you intervene in it and put something in there that shouldn't be in there, the tree ultimately suffers the consequence of your ignorance or neglect of that tree or what you put in it. Now, if you go to my tree, my, my house is such a, a symbolism of goofiness. I have this, what is it, flowering cherry tree or something, Chinese, whatever. It doesn't matter where it comes from, who it belonged to. Now it's my tree. I bought it. I planted it. It looks so wonderful, so beautiful. But I'm the kind of guy that I believe my back is used for pivoting in golf, pulling a bow back for hunting and landing big fish. I don't think you should bend over and hurt yourself pulling weeds. So I have this thing called Roundup. And I know on the news you've seen it causes cancer, but really to the things that I touch with, it causes death. Forget the cancer. And uh, so I spray around those, and evidently I misfired one day or two days or a week a day, a year. Now half the tree is dead. 
and half the tree is alive. This side of the tree bears fruit. This side of the tree brings forth dead limbs. Now, if we don't abide in Christ, our root system will ultimately become polluted by foreign substances. Because if we don't adhere, fill ourselves with him, remember that if an unclean spirit goes out of a man or a woman, leaves a house, and if he doesn't fill it with something, guess what? That evil spirit will come back. And when he sees that you haven't changed your ways, filled it up with something, he's going to come back and bring seven more, more wicked than himself, and he's going to enter in that house, and that house basically is going to be bound. Amen? Amen. So you and I have got to make sure if we're ever going to have a deep root system that we have to abide in Christ. Nobody can produce the Christ-like life, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's reflective, whether it's his love, whether it's his kindness, mercy, peace. None of that can be produced except we abide in him. Amen. How many of you know that a man brings forth the things that are abundantly placed in his heart. Yes. Amen. Amen. So if you put the wrong stuff in or let it leak in or are forced to have it put in like I do, with Roundup, you are going to suffer the consequences. Yes. Amen. See, Jesus can give us salvation, but it's you and I that have to work it out. Amen. And it's you and I that have to make daily choices to protect where our root system is rooted. Yeah. Amen. And so we want to have a strong root system. If you're going to have a strong root system, guess what? You're going to have to abide in Christ. He is the seed that we begin from, and he is the strength of our continuance. Amen. Amen. So he can't be replaced, and he can't be substituted. So we have to abide in him. Somebody say, abide in him. All right, is the more time that you spend with your spouse, the more connected with them you're going to be, right? And have you ever seen these dog shows that they uh, kind of display that the dogs ultimately end up looking like their owner <laughs> or their owner ends up looking like a dog? What is that? That's abiding. You begin to look like. Amen. I have known people that have not had been able to have children and they adopt a child and the child starts looking like the dad. He goes bald. He arrives at home bald. But the kids begin to look like their father. I said, hey, how long, when did you guys have that child? Oh, no, we adopted that child 10 years ago. I said, he looks just like you. He said, people say that. And I do think that the more that you run around with people, the more that you act like them. And the more that you may begin to look at them. So what should we do? Choose good-looking friends. I'm just being honest. Amen. You know, when I was a sinner, I'm ashamed to say this, but it was wisdom. I always ran, ran around with men uglier than I, so whoever we ran into thought I was the best of the bunch. So I always got the best-looking girl. That's how I got Phyllis. Not really. I never run around with anybody but Phyllis. I wouldn't expose her to nobody else. I didn't want to risk her leaving me. Now, so the first thing we want to do, if we're ever going to have strong roots, we have to abide. Somebody say abide. abide. 
and you are going to abide and be connected with something. You get on in the uh, car in the morning, you're going to listen to country western, or you're going to listen to hip-hop, you're going to listen to rap. Either you're going to walk in to work combing your hair back wearing a cowboy hat or going, you're going to walk in some way. And it's whatever you've been abiding in on your way there. Whatever you spend time in, you're going to be transferred into. Amen. All right, the second thing, let's go to uh, Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews, the fifth chapter and verse 12. Again, we're talking about establishing unshakable roots. Unshakable roots. You know, when you start reading the Word of God, you might think, I don't understand it. I don't get this out of it. I don't get nothing out of it. Well, you really do get something out of it because what it does is it is a mirror. And as you start looking at that mirror, you are transformed in the image that you see. Amen. Amen? And so when we start looking into the Word, what we do is we begin to think like the Word. We begin to talk like the Word. If You know, you can talk what, however way you want. You think, I just can't get a hold of my tongue. You're right. No man can tame the tongue. But the Spirit of the Lord can and the Word of God can. And if you start abiding in it, reading it, listening to it, I'm telling you, it will transform and renew your mind. Amen. And it'll begin to cause the actions, even though you're not trying to produce it, it will begin to produce effects in and through your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. In Hebrews, the fifth chapter and verse 12, well, let's look at verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say, and they're hard to be uttered, seeing that you are dull of hearing. Now, there's a reason that people get dull of hearing. And it says, For when you should time that you ought to be teachers, you have need that one, that, we, that one would teach you again, and which be of the first principles and oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, and he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What is a root system? It is a part of the vegetation creation, vegetation world, that processes nutrients from dirt, though they're unseen. They process those nutrients, chemicals and vitamins and miracles and all that kind of stuff, comes in through the root system, strengthens, produces life into the tree, and the tree, out of the abundance of that, produces fruit. If there's not enough abundance coming into the trunk of the tree, there'll be no fruit that season. And so fruit is really the abundance of what the root system has been bringing. Good again, amen. amen. All right, now, the Bible says that the way for you to be fruitful or to mature, and it takes time for trees to mature. 
And they, some, they advertise, you know, it'll produce apples in a year and all that kind of stuff. And the people that buy them believing that are disappointed. And it takes two or three years. But what happens is, if those roots grow, the wider they grow, the deeper they grow, guess what? The more nutrients and life-giving things they run into that they can transfer to the strength of the tree. So in good soil where the roots are going down, spreading out, the tree matures quicker. So that tree produces fruit. Now how is our root system enlarged and deepened? Not just by abiding, that's the gathering of it, but the applying. Notice that it said, if you don't use the word of God, when you discover it, you will always stay a babe. In other words, you're never going to be a fruit-bearing Christian. Your roots are always going to be shifting. And when, root, when you have a weakened root system, it cannot transfer the nutrients upward. And so you have roots that are in the ground, but not taking the life of which they are planted in. That only comes to pass when you do something with what you discover. The difference between a baby Christian an immature Christian is not age at all. It is what you do with what you receive. And so there are lots of things, and Paul says, look, you have stopped the growth process. And now I can't speak to you. You need milk. Now, milk is good for strong bones and strong teeth, but not really for fruit-bearing. Now, it'll sustain you and it'll grow you, but not to the point of walking in the fullness of the Christ man that is in you. Amen? And that is the new creature. That is the Christ man. And if we start doing, somebody say doing, doing the word, then we'll be mature. In other words, when you start doing the word, you begin to experience victories. You do begin to experience failures. Faith fails people that don't use it correctly. But when you don't use it correctly, you've discovered something that you shouldn't do or that you should have done. So the next time you apply it, you can be more effective. How many of you remember the first time you kissed your girlfriend? If you want to find out how ours went, you can read that Shine magazine. And Phyllis says it was the worst kiss in the world. It was, but even at my worst, she still was swooned. And I, I'm just telling you, I caught her. Even though she said it was a terrible kiss, I'd hate to have been one of them other guys because even at my worst, she was taken. So, I don't know. I guess at my worst, I'm still the best of most men. So, moving right along. Now, if you use what you have 
you begin to exercise yourself. Look, you can't learn everything out of a book. You have to take knowledge and apply it to become skillful Amen. at your trade. You can't just read about being a Christian. You have to activate it by faith. And yes, the Bible says that instruction are a way of life. Yes, a righteous man falls once, twice, seven times, but he gets back up. He keeps doing it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes uh, 4, 1, I believe, no, 11, 1 through 4, it says that sow into the wind. Don't, don't let the wind and the weather stop you from sowing. Sow. And you know what? You sow once, twice, yes, seven times because you never know what evil is going to attack your life. And you're going to have to stop sowing and deal with what is attacking your life. But then you sow seven times and yay, eight. Why? Because every time you are learning something and every time you are reaching closer to a harvest than you've ever been. That's why Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you end up being disciples. And there are a lot of stumblings and disappointments on the way, but we always beat ourselves up. Amen. Amen? The land of disappointments is filled with people that have no expectations. So if I was you, I'd get up and get out of there as quick as I could. Amen. Birds of a feather flock together. So if you want to be among the discouraged for the rest of your life, just stay where discouragement leads you. Get up. There is hope. Amen? And God always is a God of second chances. Hallelujah. So, you know, you either defeat the devil or wear him out. I'm just kidding. You'll defeat him. All right. The, uh, and then the third thing we need to do, we need to resist. Resist and persist. I said it. Uh, a couple Sundays ago, you resist and you persist. In other words, you resist the devil's opportunities to quit. Every day, you are faced with quitting your job. You get up and you think, I'd love to lay here. But you have to resist those suggestions. If not, you're going to be unemployed. And so you have to resist the devil. Well, you know what? There's no sense in lifting your hands today and praising God. What's so good about today? Aren't you tired? Aren't you weary? You got to go to work. You got to face those guys at work. You got to listen to their ridicule. You got to listen to their cussing and their swearing. You have to resist that and say, look, this is where I get to go and labor for the Lord. This is where I get to go and have a good representation of what God has called me to be. This is where I get to go and bless the company that is providing for me, not only for my family, but for me to be a participant in the things of the kingdom of God. And so you know what? I'm going to go there, and I'm not going to work as unto myself. This is where I get to work unto the Lord. You've got to have a good attitude because no matter whether you like it or not, 24 hours is in a day. So you might as well get the attitude that God wants you to have. Amen? And who knows? Today might be the day where the guy that has been ridiculing you gets saved. Today might be the day 
when the guy that says he doesn't believe in God asks you, could you pray for my wife? Could you pray for my daughter? You don't know. But I do know that every day can be filled with sorrow by one report, by a doctor's visit, or by a phone call. And you may be the only person that they think of. Resist the opportunities to give up. Resist the opportunities to quit loving like Christ. Resist the opportunity to quit believing. Resist the opportunity to quit giving. Resist the opportunity to quit helping. Resist the opportunity to quit sharing. You got to resist the devil because if you give him place, he's like a bad in-law. He won't leave. And he will be at your house forever. One time Phyllis's a sister and brother-in-law come to our house and they said, well, we just need to stay for you a little while. You know, me wanting to be, you know, the greatest brother-in-law they had. I said, sure, you can come as long as it takes. Never say that. So, you know, while they're at our house, they, they, you know, praise God. Yeah, they give their lives to Jesus, and I'm happy. And uh, I just want them to do what Jesus said. Go! <laughs> Into all the world, just any place in the world, just go! Well, you know, they bring their cats, they bring their dogs. They got more people in their animal family than we got in our whole family. And, of course, they come from Florida, so they bring their relatives called sand fleas. <laughs> sand fleas can live in a house with snow outside. And so we end up being the family of the bitten. We have red marks all over us. We are scratching each other at night. We just, know, we just lay down and start scratching. That's all you can do. So I, I said this, they said, well, you know, we know God's going to bless us, buddy, thank God for paycheck. As soon as I got my paycheck, I said, I believe God wants to bless you. He wants to give you your own apartment. Go and get your electric in my name. Go get that house. Here's money. Buy groceries. Praise God. Anything you need, just don't come back to our house. How many of you like to be used of the Lord? I was so thrilled that God used me. Of course, Phelps and I couldn't pay our house payment. We couldn't pay our electric bill. Didn't have no food, no heat. No, we didn't care. We were happy. <laughs> you got to resist the devil because what he's going to do is he's going to bring all of this stuff into your life to try to get you to stop abiding in Christ, stop executing or using what you have learned by faith, and he's going to get you to stop persisting or continuing in the life that you started before he arose in your house. So if we're ever going to have a root system, what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do the word. Amen? And if you get a root system like that, it doesn't matter what storms do, because when it's all over, you're still going to be standing. You ever notice in Hawaii, Japan, and uh, Philippines, and all of the countries that have uh, Thank you. Do you know this story? Well, let me finish it. Hallelujah. Uh, 
Anybody know, how, how in the world does pine, uh, palm trees endure all of that weather and that wind? They can't live off the of surface water. Do you know that? They don't live off surface water. Number one, surface water, for the most part in a palm tree's life, is salt water. That plant does not live off salt water. Where does the palm tree get its water? Remember, a root system in any plant is only as deep as the water penetrates. And so this pine, this palm tree, reaches down and it goes way down. Its root system may look like it's surface, but it's not surface at all. The core of the root system of the palm tree is way, way down into the lava rock. And what it does is it locks onto those lava rocks and all of those holes in that lava rock gather water from the surface when it rains. And so that palm tree, even though it's not getting anything from, as it were, the world, its root system and its source is founded in the rock. And so we have got to have a deep root system that is founded in the rock. So a palm tree may bend over till it looks like it's horizontal. But you're not going to uproot it. It just doesn't uproot. It bends, it's pushed around, but it never lets go of the rock that it's its source. And that's why even after hurricanes and tornadoes, many times the landscape is still dotted with palm trees. That's what we have to do. We have to get beyond the surface and we have to lay hold of the things that are below it in order to have unshakable roots. If you are just living off of the things that you feel, off the things that are happening in your church, off the worship and off of the word that comes forth out of your church, look, that's not a deep enough system. Paul said about the church of Thessalonica that they went to their homes and searched the scriptures and proved that what he said was the Word of God. Folks, we can't live off of what somebody else says. We can't live off of borrowed water. We can't live off of borrowed root systems. We can't live off of other people's experiences. We can't live off of other people's discoveries. The Bible says, they that know their God, not those that know somebody else's God. Only those that know their God will do great exploits. So, is our root system in the rock? Or is it just on what we experience in, as it were, the surface world that we are a part of? You can't live off of that. So, we have to grow deep. Amen? Now, let me give you a, a few things that I think need to be unshakable. Let's go to Ephesians 3, 16 and 17 and we'll quickly go through these and uh, I, I hope that you're uh, getting a drift of what we need to do. Remember, you have to abide. Number two, you have to exercise or use what you're discovering while you're abiding. And the third thing, you have to resist the devil and be persistent. 
Keep at it. If you fall a thousand times, get up. Amen. Get up. Now, Ephesians 3, 16 through 17. Have that on the screen? And it says, That he would grant unto you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Love. Now, the reason that we have to be rooted and grounded in love is because faith never flourishes without a foundation or discovery of love. The Bible says, Galatians 5, 6, that faith worketh by love. In other words, faith worketh when we love people, when we love God, when we love doing what we do, we live by faith, we express faith, but you have to have a revelation of God's love. If you don't have a revelation of God's love, then faith will never work. A million sinners can hear the story about the cross, but unless it is revealed to them the love of the Father that motivated him to give Christ, they will never see that love on the cross. They'll see a historic figure. They'll see a carpenter's son. They'll see the son of Mary, but they'll never see the love of God for mankind. But when a man sees that love, faith springs forward and a revelation of that love, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 17, 18, and 19. When we see that love, the faith that is rising up out of our heart is expressed by such an overwhelming experience of that love that we throw everything behind us and cling to the cross. In other words, we don't worry about friends, we don't worry about family, we don't worry about job, we don't worry about being ostracized, rejected, hated, scorned. We don't, we don't worry about that. Why? Because the experience of God's love outweighs all of the rejection of fallen man. Amen. And so, when we discover that he loves us, then we love him. And it's really easy to live by faith or not walk by feelings when you experience love and you are returning it. Isn't it easy to give up everything when you first fall in love with your girlfriend? Are you in love with somebody? Is it him? Okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, are you willing to give up everything? Is she here tonight? Oh, okay. I didn't want to put you on the spot. She'd be saying, well, I wonder what I could get out of him. That new Lamborghini I've been seeing on, on the Internet might, might be attainable. You're going to leave your father and your mother with joy or a little sadness. Never cut off all the roots to them because they got money. And, and you don't. <laughs> so... No, but you realize that he's willing to give up his identity. He's willing to become known as, oh, you're Phyllis's husband. 
okay, that's where I know you from. Oh, thank you. But don't we all give up those things? Don't we give up freedom? Don't we give up things like joy, laughter, expectation, dreams, goals, hobbies? You didn't give any of that up? Did you get married? When you got married, you gave some of that up. Gave up hobbies? Right? What did you give up, David? I gave up all the bad things in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what she told you? All the things you gave up for me, they were bad, David, anyway. They weren't any good. Is that what she told you? That's what I mean. You don't even know what you've given up. And everything... <laughs> Phyllis said to me the other day, she said, honey, you're happily married. I said, am I? She said, you know you are. I just told you. Like, like I, 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 I said, well, sometimes I feel, what do you mean you feel? Well, who else would put up with you? I don't, so she gave me a whole list of all of my weaknesses so that I would feel valued by her. That, oh, my God, I'm so... I never knew you loved me so much. You have saved me from myself. <laughs> Folks, it's sad when your wife's got to tell you you're happily married. <laughs> then she has to define what happiness is from her perspective. Just where else could you do the dishes? Who else do you think would trust you with electric appliances? <laughs> Who else would put up with you vacuuming when we're watching TV? Just where do you think that all that comes from? I felt so favored. I went out and washed the brick on the house. No. Look, we have got to understand that when we see the love of the cross and we discover what love has produced for us and its benefits in Christ Jesus that faith will become active in fact we trust God so much that the Bible says that when you discover the fullness of the scope of the love of Christ's redemption fear loses its paralyzing power love Cast out all fear. It pulls places down that Jesus said, remember, those that feared death and were bound by fear all their life were set free when Jesus came and redeemed us. Hebrews 2, 14, 15, and 16. So we realize Jesus set us free from fear. We don't have to fear. We can use faith wherever we need it and wherever God has declared a promise to us. Why? Because we're confident that his love has redeemed us and his love will keep us. And so, and then we need to think about having strong roots in the word of God. You know, the Bible says, if your conscience condemn you, God is greater than your conscience. People live under self-condemnation. They think that they aren't good enough. They think, well, I've done this, I've done that. Even if they laid in bed all day, they still think 
they did something wrong. Because that is in the, the influence of the conscience of man. But we don't live by our conscience. Our root system is in what God said we are. And if he said we are holy without blame, if we are acceptable in true righteousness, then that's who we are. We are not what our conscience tries to convince us. We are who God said we are. Amen? Amen? And then have a strong root system in your confession. Say what God says about you. Amen? Amen? Say what God said about you. But I don't think, don't think. That's why God gave us the ability to get our minds renewed. Because the old one isn't worth keeping. You got to get it rebuilt. And so we renew our minds and we start having a strong root system in our identity in God, in our acceptance in God. Realize this. If the Bible says God so loved the world, you're in that world. And if he gave his son for you, you were valuable enough for him to pay the ultimate price. And if he didn't like you, he wouldn't have created you. Amen? And so God must love us. Right? So accept what God says about us and not what the world says about us. Amen. Amen. Don't let your conscience deceive you. Look at what God said. Side with God and resist what God would have you resist. Let's stand our feet. Praise God. So we're talking, we've talked about having a strong root system. A strong root system. We want to make sure that we have root systems. We want to be strong and have deep-rooted systems in our friendships, in our acquaintances, because who you run around with is who will influence you. Amen. David is who David is because Sharon made him run around me. Not really. Not really. No. You are who you are sharpened by. Iron sharpens iron. So choose good friends, good conversations, good relationships. Hold fast a good confession. Make sure that you have a revelation of God's love for you. Accept what he says you are. Accept what he did for you. Make sure that you'll resist the devil, persist in your work, and always be active in the scripture and always stay abiding in Christ. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, everything that can be shaken will go through a shaking process. God, let us deepen ourselves. We're warned that it's coming. The winds of adversity, the storms of life, floods, adversarial enemies, God, things that will challenge our faith, strange fires, God, let us not be quickly moved. Let us deepen our roots. Let us abide in you. Let us mix faith in all that we discover. Let us resist the devil, persist in an active faith towards you. 
God let us discover places of love that we've never discovered. Let us look at your word before we consider the voice of our conscience. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.